Well, good morning, everyone. Grace and peace. Good to see you. Thanks for not being contrarian this morning, Kurt. That's a miracle. I get that way right before I go to Canada. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, I hope your trip is cool. I bet it will be. Cooler than here. So, well, great to be together. Uh, we uh, get to a spot in Mark. Uh, it's really, really good and really important. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing with you this morning. But before we get there, we're going to do Psalms. We're going to pray through Psalms 66 together. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. So if you know any Hebrew word, if there's one Hebrew word you need to know, it's this. Shema. Anybody know Shema? What is it? What's that? No, 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 no. Sorry. Shema. Hear. Listen. So, so, you know, these words have these, these, uh, these range of meanings. But every morning and every evening, literally for thousands of years, Jewish people have prayed this prayer that begins with this word, Shema. Listen, pay attention. Basically, the full range of meaning is put into practice what you've heard. It has this, this connotation of action, right? And in essence, you can make the argument that the reason that the first humans rebelled against God was because of a failure to Shema, a failure to listen to God. Still true today. That's right. And so what I'm going to do, uh, whenever we, whenever I read through Psalm 66, anytime I get to the word uh, that is translated from the Hebrew Shema, I'm going to say Shema. All right, just to kind of, uh, kind of kick that into us, okay? So it's not mentioned a lot in this passage, but it's towards the end. And I think it's very, very, uh, important to notice those. Let's take a deep breath and let's pray together. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through on the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our back. You let people ride over our heads and went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. 
I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat, fat animals to you as an offering of rams and I will offer bulls and goats. Come and shema all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished a sin in my heart, then the Lord would not have shemad. But God has surely shemad and shemad my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Yes. My Bible has several points, three points in here at the end of the verse, like after verse 4, it says, Salah. Salah, Salah. I don't see a translation of it. Uh, Salah is all throughout the Psalms. And um, it it is, people don't know what it means. <laughs> they think it may be a... Uh, a, a possibility, the, the, the most common uh, possibility that people bring up is that it could mean to pause. That when you read the word Salah, you're supposed to say, pause, to give some space. So there you go. All right. Well, here we are. We are in Mark 12. And... Um, One of the things that's been going on here in this section of the book is that all of these different people who are opposed to Jesus and opposed to what he is saying and doing, uh, they kind of, they just kind of get shot, are shooting at Jesus left and right. The last victims, quote unquote, were the Sadducees uh, last week. And Pastor Kurt mentioned y'all had a really good conversation. Man, he just completely, uh, nails those guys, right? Uh, you, you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Notice that, notice those th- two things being together. And, um, when we come together for Bible study, uh, we learn some good things. But just a quick reminder, it's not about learning good things. It's about being confronted by the power and the love of God. And its ability that the Word of God has to transform our lives. The Sadducees laid that aside, right? And Jesus basically, he confronts them in a very strong sort of way. You do not know the Scriptures nor uh, the power of God in that last word, uh, in verse, at the end of verse 27, you are badly mistaken. Like when we are arranging our lives around other things besides the word and the power of God, we get to this place where we think we are wise in our own eyes. And hopefully, if you've been with us through our, uh, our sermon series on the book of Judges, uh, this is like the human condition that ends, that lands us in a bad place. When we f- decide, we got this figured out. 
And Jesus says, no, you're badly mistaken. All right. So Sadducees. And so there's this other teacher of the law. We've heard from them uh, in earlier times. Uh, and here he comes. He's hearing this conversation. One of the teachers of the law. This is verse 28 of chapter 12. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So he's hearing this argument. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is most important? I love it. Because a lot of times that you will find Jesus being asked questions by his opponents, and he won't answer them. Right? He, he, he'll say, well, I'll answer the question if you answer this question, or something like that, right? There's none of that here. There's no resistance on the part of Jesus to this guy's question. Because I think that this question comes from a good place. Which is the greatest commandment of 613? That's how many commandments are in the old, in, in the Pentateuch, the Torah, the first five books. 613. One of the things that I've heard all my life is the word of God is equal. There is no command more important than another. Well, I can see the sentiment behind that, but it's not true, right? There, There is a priority to some degree, and that's why this guy is asking. Basically, is there a way in which I can see and understand what the 613 laws are saying by focusing in on one? That would be helpful, wouldn't it? Because if I get one, maybe I can start to get the rest. So Jesus is all on board with asking, answering this question. The most important one, notice the numbers here, answer Jesus is this. Here, Shema would have been the word that he said. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So just a, a note here. we got got a lot of verbs flying around, but the first one is here. Um, and so that in and of itself is a command. And um, here and love become the heart of this command that Jesus is saying is most important. So flip over in your Bibles to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. So Jesus doesn't just pull this out of the air. This is something that, again, the the Israelites would have prayed this prayer morning and evening for generations. the, The passage of Scripture they would have been most familiar with is this. So I'm going to just start reading just a few verses ahead of where Jesus lands. Uh, remember Deuteronomy is the, the word Deuteronomy means another law. That's Deuteronomy, another 
law. And the reason it's named that is, remember, the Israelites came out of Egypt. This is in Exodus. They go to the mountain. Remember the, the, uh, the invitation? Uh, you, you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. And here are the terms of the covenant between me and you. And the people respond. Everything the Lord has commanded, we will do. Moses goes back up the mountain and they start building golden calves. Right? Disaster. Right? Well, then later on, they're about to go into the promised land and they send spies into the land and the spies come back with a bad report. We can't stand up to these people. And so they rebel against God. And so they are forced then uh, to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Deuteronomy was then given by God to Moses to then prepare the next generation, the ones who would actually go into the promised land. And so sent hence another, another law or this law restated. These are the commands. This is... Verse 1, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing to the Jordan to possess. Notice, so that. This is why God gives us the law. This is why God tells us what is so important. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord. That's a, that's a common Old Testament Phrase, fear the Lord. Anybody have a good definition of what that means to fear the Lord? Okay, respect. I'm going to respect what God says. Okay. What else? There's a sense of obedience. Very good. I like it. To be redeemed in God. Say that again. To be redeemed. To be redeemed. All right. Yeah, makes sense. Belief, I like it. We're all quick to. I, I, it's like, like, were you afraid of your dad? Sometimes. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and so that fear caused me most of the time to do what my dad said. Okay. Yeah. But really, it's like, it's, it's, it's this relationship that we're invited. So it seems to be more than just shaking in our boots and saying, okay, God, I'm going to do exactly what you said. This is my favorite definition of what it means to fear the Lord, is to make God the decisive orienting center of your life. It's a mouthful, but it's very helpful. When something is decisive, it's settled. And we're not going to wander over here to get our direction or wander here to get our direction, but we're going to orient our life to God. That you may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Verse 3. Shema, Israel. 
hear and be careful to obey. So notice that listening and obedience are right there. So that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in, in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, your ancestors promised you. Verse 4. This is it. This is the prayer. This is what Jesus is quoting. Hear Shema, O Israel. Another thing we need to talk about is when you, like especially in a verse like this, when you read the word Israel, what uploads in your mind? Jacob. Jacob, right? Whose name, he, he, he was Jacob. He has this all-night wrestling match with God, and then God changes his name. What does he say whenever he changes his name? Remember, Brent? Oh man, it's such, it's so powerful. You have struggled with God and with people and have overcome. So that's a lot. So you shall, your name shall be Israel. Right? And so that, that's kind of what's uploaded in the word. There is a sense in Israel of struggle. There is a sense of overcoming. Hey, does that sound like your life? Does it? Yeah, absolutely. And so, listening, like listening to God, the reason I do that is, uh, whenever they pray, whenever Jews pray this prayer, at least, uh, certain types of Jews, when they pray this prayer morning and evening, they, they take their fingers like this, their right hand, and they cover their, their eyes with it. And the reason it's this is this is the Hebrew letter Shin. And it looks like this. And so that's the first word of Shema. And so Shema Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One of the things that's interesting about that is the last letter of uh, the word uh, Shema is an ayin, and the last letter of the word Ahad is a dalit. Ayin dalit is the Hebrew word for witness. Very interesting. And, and, and what they do in the Hebrew text, it's fascinating, is those letters are big. There's about 20, you know, there's thousands and thousands of Hebrew letters in the Hebrew Bible. And there's about 20 of them that are big. And these two are big. Hence is why this prayer has become so important. And they set it off like that. And they pray it morning and evening to bear witness to their old heart and witness to others of their making God the decisive orienting center of their lives. Now, it's interesting, and we won't go into a lot of this today, but in Deuteronomy, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In 
Mark, we got more. Did you see it? Yeah, we get mind gets added. Um, any, any any guesses on why that may be the case? All of it starts with the mind, really. If your mind is not right, you're not going to do the rest. Yeah, this is this is a total total. Like Hebrews understand the world in one way, Greeks understand the world in another way, and these cultures have collided, right? And so, uh, very much a more Greek understanding of the world starts in the mind. Hebrews had had really no no connotation of a of our brain being the center of our of our being. That's what we would say, right? They start out out for I mean. Whenever we're trying to think of something, we don't put our hand over our heart. We put it on our head. Think, think, think. Well, well good morning, everyone. Grace and peace. Good to see you. Thanks for not being contrarian this morning, Kurt. That's a miracle. I get that way right before I go to Canada. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, I hope your trip is cool. I bet it will be. Cooler than here. So, well, great to be together. Uh, we uh, get to a spot in Mark. Uh, it's really, really good and really important. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing with you this morning. But before we get there, we're going to do Psalms. We're going to pray through Psalms 66 together. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. So if you know any Hebrew word, if there's one Hebrew word you need to know, it's this. Shema. Anybody know Shema? What is it? What's that? No, 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 no. Sorry. Shema. Hear. Listen. So, so you know, these words have these these uh, these range of meanings. But every morning and every evening, literally for thousands of years. Jewish people have prayed this prayer that begins with this word, Shema. Listen, pay attention. Basically, the full range of meaning is put into practice what you've heard. It has this, this connotation of action, right? And in essence, you can make the argument that the reason that the first humans rebelled against God was because of a failure to Shema. A failure to listen to God. Still true today. That's right. And so what I'm going to do, uh, whenever we, whenever I read through Psalm 66, anytime I get to the word, uh, that is translated from the Hebrew Shema, I'm going to say Shema. Alright, just to kind of, uh, kind of kick that into us, okay? So it's not mentioned a lot in this passage, but it's towards the end. And I think it's very, very, uh, important to notice those. Let's take a deep breath and let's pray together. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. 
Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through on the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our back. You let people ride over our heads and went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat fat animals to you as an offering of rams, and I will offer bulls and goats. Come and shema, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, then the Lord would not have shemad. But God has surely shemad and shemad my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love for me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Yes. My Bible has several points, three points in here at the end of the verse, like after verse 4, it says Salah. Salah, Salah. I don't see a translation of it. Uh, Salah is all throughout the Psalms, and um, it it is, people don't know what it means. Well, good morning, everyone. Grace and peace. Good to see you. Thanks for not being contrarian this morning, Kurt. That's a miracle. I get that way right before I go to Canada. Oh, wow. Jeez. Well, I hope your trip is cool. I bet it will be. Cooler than here. So, well, great to be together. Uh, we uh, get to a spot in Mark... Uh, really really good and really important and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing with you this morning but before we get there we're going to do Psalms we're going to pray through Psalm 66 together Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different so if you know any Hebrew word if there's one Hebrew word you need to know it's this Shema. Anybody know Shema? What is it? What's that? No, 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 no. Sorry. Shema. Hear. Listen. 
So, so you know, these words have these these uh, these range of meanings. But every morning and every evening, literally for thousands of years, Jewish people have prayed this prayer that begins with this word, Shema. Listen, pay attention. Basically, the full range of meaning is put into practice what you've heard. It has this, this connotation of action, right? And in essence, you can make the argument that the reason that the first humans rebelled against God was because of a failure to Shema, a failure to listen to God. That's right. And so what I'm going to do, uh, whenever we, whenever I read through Psalm 66, anytime I get to the word, uh, that is translated from the Hebrew Shema, I'm going to say Shema. Alright, just to kind of, uh, kind of kick that into us, okay? So it's not mentioned a lot in this passage, but it's towards the end. And I think it's very, very, uh, important to notice those. Let's take a deep breath and let's pray together. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through on the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our back. You let people ride over our heads and went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat fat animals to you as an offering of rams, and I will offer bulls and goats. Come and shema, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, then the Lord would not have shemad. But God has surely shemad and shemad my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Yes.
my Bible at several points, three points in here at the end of the verse, like after verse 4, it says Salah. Salah, Salah. But I don't see a translation of it in there. Uh, Selah is all throughout the Psalms, and um, it it is people don't know what it means. <laughs> they think it may be a uh, a, a possibility. The, the, the most common uh, possibility that people bring up is that it could mean to pause. That when you read the word Selah, you're supposed to say. <laughs> Pause to give some space. So there you go. All right. Well, here we are. We are in Mark 12. And um, one of the things that's been going on here in this section of the book is that all of these different people who are opposed to Jesus and opposed to what he is saying and doing, uh, they kind of, they just kind of get shot. They're shooting at Jesus left and right. The last victims, quote unquote, were the Sadducees uh, last week. And Pastor Kurt mentioned y'all had a really good conversation. Man, he just completely uh, nails those guys, right? Uh, you, you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Notice that. Notice those th- two things being together. And um, when we come together for Bible study, uh, we learn some good things. But just a quick reminder, it's not about learning good things. It's about being confronted by the power and the love of God. And its ability that the Word of God has to transform our lives. The Sadducees laid that aside. Right? And Jesus basically, he confronts them in a very strong sort of way. You do not know the scriptures nor uh, the power of God. And that last word, uh, in verse, at the end of verse 27, you are badly mistaken. Like when we are arranging our lives around other things besides the word and the power of God, we get to this place where we think we are wise in our own eyes. And hopefully, if you've been with us through our uh, our sermon series on the book of Judges, uh, this is like the human condition that ends that lands us in a bad place. When we f- decide, we got this figured out. And Jesus says, no, you're badly mistaken. All right. So, Sadducees. And so, there's this other teacher of the law. We've heard from them uh, in earlier times, uh, and here he comes. He's hearing this conversation. One of the teachers of the law, this is verse 28 of chapter 12. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So he's hearing this argument. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is most important? I love it. Because a lot of times that you will find Jesus being asked questions by his opponents, and he won't answer them. Right? He, he, he'll say, well, I'll answer the question if you answer this question, or something like that, right? There's none of that here. There's no resistance on the part of Jesus to this guy's question. Because I think that this question comes from a good place. Which is the greatest commandment? Of 613. 
That's how many commandments are in the old, in, in the Pentateuch, the Torah, the first five books. 613. One of the things that I've heard all my life is the Word of God is equal. There is no command more important than another. Well, I can see the sentiment behind that, but it's not true. Right? There, there is a priority to some degree. And that's why this guy is asking. Basically, is there a way in which I can see and understand what these 613 laws are saying by focusing in on one? Hmm. That would be helpful, wouldn't it? Because if I get one, Maybe I can start to get the rest. So Jesus is all on board with asking, answering this question. The most important one, notice the numbers here, answer Jesus is this. Here, Shema would have been the word that he said. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So just a a note here. we got got a lot of verbs flying around, but the first one is here. Um... And so that in and of itself is a command. And um, hear and love become the heart of this command that Jesus is saying is most important. So flip over in your Bibles to the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. So Jesus doesn't just pull this out of the air. This is something that, again, the... The Israelites would have prayed this prayer morning and evening for generations. The the passage of Scripture they would have been most familiar with is this. So I'm going to just start reading just a few verses ahead of where Jesus lands. Uh, Remember Deuteronomy is, the, the word Deuteronomy means another law. That's Deuteronomy, another law. And the reason it's named that is, remember, the Israelites came out of Egypt. This is in Exodus. They go to the mountain. Remember the, the, uh, the invitation? Uh, you, you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. And here are the terms of the covenant between me and you. And the people respond. Everything the Lord has commanded, we will do. Moses goes back up the mountain, and they start building golden calves. Right? Disaster. Right? Well, then later on, they're about to go into the promised land, and they send spies into the land, and the spies come back with a bad report. We can't stand up to these people. And so they rebel against God. And so they are forced then uh, to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Deuteronomy was then given by God to Moses to then prepare the next generation. The 
the ones who would actually go into the promised land. And so sent hence another, another law or this law restated. These are the commands. This is verse one. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing to the Jordan to possess. Notice, so that. This is why God gives us the law. This is why God tells us what is so important. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord. That's a, that's a common Old Testament phrase. Fear the Lord. Anybody have a good definition of what that means? To fear the Lord? Okay. Respect. I'm going to respect what God says. Okay. What else? There's a sense of obedience. Very good. I like it. To be redeemed in God. Say that again. To be redeemed. To be redeemed. All right. Yeah, it makes sense. A belief. I like it. We're all quick to... It's like... Like, were you afraid of your dad? Sometimes. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and so that fear caused me most of the time to do what my dad said. Okay, yeah. But really, it's like, it's, it's, it's this relationship that we're invited. So it seems to me more than just shaking in our boots and saying, okay, God, I'm going to do exactly what you said. This is my favorite definition of what it means to fear the Lord, is to make God the decisive orienting center of your life. It's a mouthful, but it's very helpful. When something is decisive, it's settled. And we're not going to wander over here to get our direction or wander here to get our direction, but we're going to orient our life to God. That you may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Verse 3. Shema, Israel. Hear and be careful to obey. So notice that listening and obedience are right there. So that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in, in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, your ancestors promised you. Verse 4. This is it. This is the prayer. This is what Jesus is quoting. Hear Shema, O Israel. Another thing we need to talk about is when you, like especially in a verse like this, when you read the word Israel, what uploads in your mind? Jacob. Right? Whose name, he, he, he was Jacob. He has this all-night wrestling match with God, and then God changes his name. What does he say whenever he changes his name? Remember, Brent? Oh man, it's such, it's so powerful. You have struggled with God and with people 
and have overcome. So that's a lot. So you shall, your name shall be Israel. Right? And so that, that's kind of what's uploaded in the word. There is a sense in Israel of struggle. There is a sense of overcoming. Hey, does that sound like your life? Does it? Yeah, absolutely. And so listening, like listening to God, the reason I do that is, uh, Whenever they pray, whenever Jews pray this prayer, at least uh, certain types of Jews, when they pray this prayer morning and evening, they they take their fingers like this, their right hand, and they cover their their eyes with it. And the reason it's this is this is the Hebrew letter Shin, and it looks like this. And so that's the first word of Shema. And so Shema Israel. Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One of the things that's interesting about that is the last letter of uh, the word uh, Shema is an ayin. And the last letter of the word Ahad is a Dalit. Ayan Dalit is the Hebrew word for witness. Very interesting. And, and, and what they do in the Hebrew text, it's fascinating, is those letters are big. There's about 20, you know, there's thousands and thousands of Hebrew letters in the Hebrew Bible. And there's about 20 of them that are big. And these two are big. Hence is why this prayer has become so important. And they set it off like that. And they pray it morning and evening to bear witness to their own heart and witness to others of their making God the decisive orienting center of their lives. Now, it's interesting and we won't go into a lot of this today, but in Deuteronomy, it's love the Lord your God with all your 